Welcome to Radar. This is a brand new podcast created by the ICMP Radio and Podcast Society. And in each episode, we're joined by students, artists, and industry professionals to take an in-depth look into their musical journey, as well as the projects that they're passionate about. I'm James Arlington. I'm an artist and producer. And in this episode, I'm joined by Minerva, a London-based rock band made up of past and present students from ICMP. Inspired by the likes of Nothing But Thieves, Muse, and Bad Flower, the band discussed the release of their debut EP, Bloodshot Eyes, the technical side of their live setup, and what's next for the four piece. So, for people who may have heard your name but haven't necessarily heard your music, like how would you introduce yourself? Like, what, what would you say you sound like and you enjoy doing? I guess I'd say we're mostly a rock band, sort of in between heavy rock and more pop punk type of stuff. Some grunge in there, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I guess bands that we sound like kind of similar to Bad Flower, if you know them. A uh, little influence from My Chemical Romance and that kind of more emo stuff. And then also maybe some Nirvana thrown in, because why not? I think that for, for such an early stage of your career as well, I think that you're really embracing those influences while still keeping it like really fresh and distinctive in terms of your sounds. Uh, we've got Minerva in the middle. Do you want to introduce who you've got with us? Yeah, so we've got our guitarist. Hello there. guitarist, Raph. And then our drummer, Pablo. Hello, hello. <laughs> Amazing. How long have you guys known each other? Since... Uh, about a year. Yeah, yeah about a year. Much. Yeah, a year. Exactly uh, yeah. a year, more or less. Like me and Raf uh, did the course together. So we... Because he got stuck... Oh yeah, I was in, stuck like, in LA, Mexico and, and in Mexico. Chicago because of COVID. Oh really? So I had to start later. So I remember watching the, the, the classes online. <laughs> and hearing someone with a French accent, I was like, that, that guy's But funny. I don't have a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you were like then, one of the first people yeah, I, I we, talked to. We met on Pablo's first day. Like we, we I think we were sitting next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Like he looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> he looks very, very super nice. And Mini, uh, I met Mini on the very first like induction day. It was during the kind of presentation at the Islington SMV Hall. Okay. Like the, the morning thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when I met her, like literally on the first day of ICMP. Nice. I mean, you started the year off really strong. You put out your debut single, My Kind. Um, what was the inspiration behind that? And like, how did you go about writing it? So I was homeschooled and then I went to sixth form. And as you can assume, probably it was a bit of a jump. And so I was just feeling slightly out of place. Um, and it was a night where I couldn't fall asleep and so I just spammed lyrics into my phone and uh, yeah, that's how it it came about. Okay, because I I think that a lot of songwriters sort of have their different processes and some are really specific, but I think I'm the same as you. The Notes app is one of my best friends (laughs) when it comes to writing. Um, Do you guys ever write together now, now since then? Mm. Yeah, Yeah, we've been writing an album. We're almost finished writing it and uh, we did a lot of that together. So Raph and I write a lot of stuff together and then we've written stuff as a band as well. Amazing. That's, I mean, that's so exciting. And, I, you know, like you said at the start, you've sort of got your muses, your Nirvana, your Nothing But Fears, and, and they're all really evident in that sound. What would you say is your process, like, apart from obviously writing in the notes, when it comes to instrumentation, are you all in the room together or are you writing parts for each other? Like, how does that sort of work? Well, it really depends on the songs, on the song, because, like, there's songs that we, we wrote together uh, in, like, a, yeah, in just a rehearsal room. And then, you know, so we just do the main thing. So uh, main guitar, main bass, uh, drum and vocals. And then after that, we take it to the more like demo process where we add some ambient, some uh, some effects, some synth, some things that are very low in the in the mix, stuff that you don't really hear. Yeah. But it's there and it makes like, uh, I think it's the most important part of the, like, 
creative process is that part that you don't really necessarily hear, but it makes like the entire song also way better. The live process of it, like once we learn the songs and we start playing them together for a bit and play them live, they kind of take a different shape. Yeah. Plus, we add well, he adds production stuff and it sounds amazing. I just run it through my computer. And thank you. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of like actually the creation of a song and building that up, I think it's like pieces of a puzzle mm. because it's not necessarily something that someone will notice when they listen to the song, but it's those elements that really build up the atmosphere and sort of the emotional like connection that they have with the song can be through the ambience. Yeah. Some of the freshers this year, including myself, will have seen you play this year at the Islington Assembly Hall for the ICMP event. What was it like playing a venue of that size? Because it's sort of iconic in that area. Scary. It was <laughs> very scary. Yeah. It was sick. It was exciting. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like I remember at the beginning of the first song. So in, in the beginning, it's only Mini who plays the guitar part, and then Pablo joins. And when he started playing, it was like, <laughs> I just, I just do you remember like I just looked the sound of the drum was so huge it got me like so excited and then I turned back to the audience and I just saw all these people that I don't know and it was just like oh shit like that's a lot of people because we're not used to that like at all like we've been playing gigs for like I don't know like six months like not maybe even that. maybe not even since like this summer basically yeah, and absolutely. so Playing, going from like playing in Tiny small box. venue with yeah. like 10, 20 people to <laughs> this huge venue with so many people. It was just so cool. Yeah. And it's so, so motivating for us as well. Definitely. Yeah. No, I think that was some great professional experience. Like a yeah, jump absolutely. from playing in a pub where sound is different. There's no, some no, other no. technicalities that you don't take into account in a pub. Uh, just that jump was, was a good experience. Yeah. The sound in that venue is absolutely gorgeous. I, I think you'll agree with me. But I think that's also down to your live setup because in terms of how you play, it's quite different to the traditional four-piece setup. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about your live setup? Digital, baby. That's, <laughs> yes. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we don't use any amps on stage. Um, so all of it is DI. We have little quad cortexes. Um, Ref doesn't use those, but... I use by SFX too. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, we all have amp simulators and pedal simulators and we run it all through the front of house. It's very convenient and it allows us to really have the same sound. The sound that we yeah. want, no matter where we go, it will be the same. So that's like the main advantage of, of this. And as well, on a, on the thing that is big, like your mixing desk, you can have as many toes as you want. Rather than if you have a pedal board with like some pedals, you're very limited with what you can do. Of course, yeah. And it gives us access to so many, like, tone, you know, like, it's just amazing. You've got a sense of consistency with your sound. From what I've heard in terms of, like, your live stuff on social media as well, you managed to keep it very similar, but it's it, it's still got such a great amount of depth to it as well. And I think that's down to, like like you said, the tonality of, of, like, your equipment that you're using and having the opportunity to keep that all in one place. Whereas if you've got amps, placement's going to be different. You know, you're moving things about. It's a bit easier for transport as well. Yeah. So much easier. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Also, with consistency, like, playing to a click also helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I remember in the beginning, oh, yeah. it was a bit hard to glue everything together. To We were kind of like, because me and Raf had been playing together for a bit, we kind of understood each other, but we still had to build that connection with, with the other two members. Yeah. So I started playing to a click, rehearsing to a click, mm -hmm. and then playing the live shows to a click, and it just 
helps it's with more professional and yeah. yeah it just helps with consistency and if you play with backing tracks with like to add that depth it just we have to so yeah it's one of those things where and i think that the people who are listening who who, who do live shows and, and who do production will agree with this but it's one of those things where you can't get a show ready until you've got all of those individual elements. And I think that it's really evident in terms of when you guys go out on stage that it's so considered and it's so down to a T every time. And I, I think that's why you're so impressive as a band. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Appreciate that. I want to talk about your debut EP, Bloodshot Eyes, that came out a couple of months ago. New tracks on the way as well. Yes. What would you say is your favourite off that EP and why? Oh, do one of you want to go first? Mini or all of us? Entirely up to you. Well, for me, it's uh, the song Dead. Like, it, the one in the EP, not in the, the new song, but in the EP, for me, it's uh, Dead. Yeah. yeah. It's a banger. I would say Trapped. It just has... I don't love the 6-8 feel of it. It's just great. Because he's a drummer, so he wants a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> it, it changes for me a lot, I think. Dead is the song that I made where I feel like I've properly got the sound for the first time and then everything sort of worked around that so it has kind of a special place in my heart but I also really love Trapped so I think I can't choose between those two. But. Mm. I find it really interesting that you guys have given different answers there quite often when I when I speak to bands and they'll all have like that one key song that they're all just like this is the one, like this is the one every time, but it's really nice that you've got that sense of variety. Mm. But regarding the EP, uh, I think me, Pablo, and uh, Alex have a different like view on this compared to Mini, because like when she made those songs, we were not in the band. It was just her, okay. and we actually yeah. had nothing to do with the songwriting process or the recording even. Mm -hmm. So for us in the beginning, it was more like you know seeing them kind of as covers, <coughs> and then putting our own things into it. So that's why I guess we all have a different um, like favorite song and yeah. uh, Mini. It's logical for you to change because, like, it's kind of your babies, you know. Yeah. Like, you can't really love one more yeah. than the others. I guess. Yeah. I, I feel that. Like, once I learned the songs and started playing them my own way. Yeah. Like the stuff I do for Trap is really fun to play. That's okay. why yeah. I really enjoy playing that song, and it just, it's good. I mean, a lot of bands do the same thing where, you know, maybe a couple of them will, will write the songs and then present them to the rest of the band. How has that happened in terms of you going from writing the songs on your own Minerva to now playing these with the rest of the bands and writing them all in the same room? I, I feel like it's felt quite natural. I mean, for some of the songs that we've got on the album, I still started by writing it acoustic and doing all the vocals and then bringing it to them. Um, so it's, it's a very similar process to the EP. But... Otherwise, yeah, it's natural because I feel like I'm really comfortable around them and we all sort of are on the same wavelength with the music, I feel like, especially for the album. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it, it felt very easy for us to all just kind of throw the ideas together and, and make it make sense. One thing that always stands out to me is that you guys love time signatures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my um, bad. <laughs> it's so refreshing to hear like something that isn't 4-4 because... It's it's just different, and I and I really I really appreciate that from you guys as a band. Oh, thank you. Favorite gig you've played this year? It's LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, of course, yes, of yeah. I thought that might um, be the case. It's either this or Fiddler's Elbows, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which choices. we love. Yes, <laughs> of course. I yes. mean, let's talk about that because depending on when this episode goes out, you've got a headline show there on the eighth of December. Uh, do you want to talk to us about that? Who have you got as the support? What's going on? Yeah, so we have uh, the bigger picture opening for us. We have 
the others are Dead Steve, and we have Bosco Bosco opening for us as well. Very nice. That's such a mix, though. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a really good night, I hope, anyway. Yeah. It's always fun playing there. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's always interesting. The sound guy already knows us, and yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many times we play there, but the guy knows what mm. we want, and <laughs> yeah. he knows I knows know. us, Like so it's, it's pretty cool. Mm. I was working at a music shop, and then he just... Like burst through the door and I was like, oh wait, I know you. And then we just started <laughs> chatting about like, are you going to be mixing for this gig because we're playing there? It's like, oh yeah, I'll see you someday then. I feel like a lot of artists play, you know, very early on in their career. They 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 play sort of the same sorts of venues. I mean, for me especially, there's a venue in Norwich called Voodoo Showroom, and it, I can't count how many times we've played that this year because it's just <laughs> been one of those venues that it's like the old reliable, like yeah. it's yeah. always there for you. And it's I think it's really healthy to have that relationship with the promoters and with the sound guys because it really sets you up for the future as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. We're coming to the end of the year. What are your plans for 2023 and what do you want to achieve? Album. Yeah. Album. The album is wow. the main, it's the main goal of yeah. this year, of yeah. this next year, sorry. Uh, so I guess like recording the album and gigs with it. Just yeah. And big, bigger gigs, I guess. Yeah. We're all really excited to finally play the rest of the songs live because we've been working on them. So we're trying to keep it... We're too excited, but we yeah. try to keep it a secret as much as we can. We've played some of them live regularly, but cool. we can't wait to just put the whole thing out and play it. Yeah, it would be cool to also have a, a show where we just play the entire album. Yeah. Like a release like, party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be, yeah. be nice. sick. But for that, you need the album, and we need to record nah. the album. Nah. <laughs> and so that's... We need to do that first. Indeed. Next year. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. You got any dream venues for next year? Any anywhere that's sort of in the pipeline? Uh, it's LinkedIn, but without <laughs> ICMP, that would be sick. <laughs> yeah, well, like, uh, um, <laughs> and a lot, a lot of dream that venues wrong, here. Man. Like achievable, I don't really know. But like, there is like kind of dreamy. Uh, I would love to play at the O2 Academy Brixton. Oh yeah, so gorgeous yeah. venue, just so amazing, there. It was so good looking. Sound, it was great. Sound sick. Yeah, we, we were impressed because. Um, they, it's like a punk band and they played without amps. They wow. didn't have amps on stage. You know? And you could hear it from the, the band that opened. They had amps. The, the, the sound wasn't terrible. Of course not. It's a bit but you could, yeah, exactly. You could really hear the difference when the, like, the main act came out and there were no amps on stage. They were probably running everything backstage. Mm -hmm. It just sounded amazing. It was clear. It was mm -hmm. good. Yeah. I think that in terms of that part of London as well, you know, you, you've got the electric Brixton as well. Yeah. I think that's about 1,500 cap. Yeah. There's there's so many venues in London, and especially for some students who are new to London, it can seem quite intimidating. How how did you sort of find the venues that you're regularly playing, and, and how did you get in touch with those sorts of promoters? Um, well, we found a promoter through friends called Hotbox, which we've gotten a lot of our gigs from now. Um, recently, we... Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be done, but we did um, a charity event with them. So we did a live stream and then we have had a bunch of awards up, which a lot of people have, have donated to and made us do dumb things. But um, yeah, so we've we've gotten like a bunch of opportunities through them and then through sort of getting our name out there through them, we've just had yeah. a bunch of promoters and friends also contacting us. Also the gigging I feel like when we played for the Freshers event, a lot of people from ICMP mm. noticed us and inviting invited us to their gigs, which yeah. was also great. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that gave us so many yeah. gig opportunities. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was great. And also a lot of people actually 
went to listen to our music and like follow us on Instagram and like actually went to our show. So that, that was really cool. Like, of course. I mean, your, your Spotify is on the come up. Those streams are going up, which is really exciting. Yeah, they are. From zero to <laughs> a thousand. <laughs> two more. <laughs> two more. <laughs> two, two. So the day we're recording this, it's the 30th of November. Uh, Spotify Wrapped has just dropped. Uh, how are you guys feeling about that? And are you hoping that Minerva is going to be in anybody else's? Um, yeah, we're, we're feeling good. I mean, our um, engagement and listeners have gone up pretty quickly, but very recently. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll turn up in a couple people's, yeah. But next year is going to be insane. I mean, <laughs> like you said, you've got the album coming, so yeah, that, that's yeah. more opportunity for streaming. But in terms of what you guys are individually listening to, like how, how is that looking for you this year? Pretty similar, but one new one. So it's always I have the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the top. Of course. Yes. And then the new one is the second one, which is kind of interesting. It's Delta Sleep, which wow. is a math rock band. Kind of emo, kind of proggy. Nice. And then just a lot of punk. Uh, Rice Against and Bad Religion and 21 Pilots. Which, well, not punk. I mean, me, me and my flatmate listen to a lot of music together and we've recently got into like Japanese math rock. Mm. Oh, oh nice. cool. Yeah. I listen to jazz music, funk and soul, that sort of thing. So for me to listen to something like that is is like a big change. It, yeah. But it's so interesting. that, And it, it's such a rabbit hole to go down that route. Definitely. Because there's, there's so many artists that Spotify are pushing that in those niche genres that are just so unexpected and you you wouldn't really see yourselves listening to them yeah and, mm. and it has kind of like a lot of people call it emo jazz okay because it has that kind of like yeah. weird chord progression sometimes plus the odd time signatures plus the lyrics are all emo which is <laughs> <just> great <laughs> it's such a great combination as well because yeah, it, it makes for a really interesting listen i think yeah and you, you just get lost in it you really do what about you minerva for me uh my top five are nothing but thieves which are like one of my favorite the bands. The standard. They're, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I could say I had to listen to one band for the rest of my life, it would be Nothing But Thieves. Nice. Um, and then also Shaky Graves, who was like this really incredible one-man band. I don't know if you've heard of him. I haven't, no. Oh my God, he's the best storyteller. And if you see any videos of him playing live, it's just mind-blowing. Uh, and then My Chemical Romance, of course. Uh, Muse. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then also us, because someone has to be a fan. <laughs> Don't, honestly, last year my Spotify rap was tragic because it was at that point where I was first starting to release music and I would, like all friends and family ask you to listen to it. And I don't know about you, but I haven't got my masters on my phone. So I have to just bring them up on Spotify and show people. So yeah. that's how it gets in the rap. Yeah, yeah. same. <laughs> but like, it, I mean, my top artists this year, I, I had Anderson Pack, Tame Impala, Tom Mish, Kate Renarda, and Sam Gellatry. Apart from Sam Gellatry, all of those artists were in my last year as well. Oh, okay. So you, you sort of, I've noticed with Wrapped over the past couple of years, it can become quite consistent mm. yeah. unless you're listening to like a brand new artist like yourselves, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. um, so you never know. If that album does drop next year, it may be in someone's Wrapped top albums. Maybe That's in hard. yours. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I've been listening to a lot of Minerva since Sissington Assembly Hall. Yeah. I must oh. admit. Thank I'm, you I'm very fan. much. But yeah, it, it's such a great tool as well because for people who don't know, Spotify also do a wrapped for artists as well. Mm -hmm. So you get to see a split in terms of like your demographic, like where your streams have been coming from. And I, I had something like 25 countries this year that like yeah. those artists, those uh, listeners were from. And it's just crazy because like, I don't know about you, but I can't comprehend like your music being all over the world, especially at this stage of our career. 
Yeah, no, completely same. Like when I look on our Spotify for artists, I'm just how how do these people find <laughs> our music? Like we, one of our, our top countries is the Netherlands, and I I don't know anyone from the Netherlands, no. but they know us. And I feel and like the best part is that we're from all over. Yeah, and. But no one's from the Netherlands. <laughs> it's just like, okay. It's like the most random places, but it's so cool. I mean, my band are all from Norwich, as am I. So for me, it's like, it's always Norwich the top, then London, yeah. and then somewhere random like Warsaw. Mm. <laughs> so it, it changes every year, but you always find that there's, there's a few like classics that you're always going to see. I think it's really nice as well to have that sort of home audience like always sticking with you. I mean, where, where are you guys from? I don't actually think we've, we've talked about that. I'm from France. We, I'm from Mexico. Uh, I'm born in Scotland, but grew up in England. Uh, nice. And then our bassist is Norwegian. So Yeah, we haven't talked about your bassist. Yes, yes. Alex. <laughs> Not here today, unfortunately. Not here. His name is Alex. He's very sweet. He's a bass player. He pulls a band together. He put up with that. He put up. He <laughs> Precisely with that. <laughs> he puts up with us. Constantly. Which is a task in itself. Yeah. Would you say that he's the calmest out of the band? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So he usually brings the camera over to be the cameraman for all the blogging and everything because he's the chill one. So he and just we lets... do like a bunch of <laughs> stupid shit. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, in terms of how you guys go about making your content and stuff like that, do you have release schedules? Do you have plans that you're putting together? Plans in place for next year? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're working on it. I, um... <laughs> Classic answer. I'm, I'm just putting it into place. It's, yeah, it's coming together. I mean, we're, we're planning a lot of content for the, yeah. the album, so we're kind of in the planning and figuring out what we want to do stage of things. Definitely. More um, professional content as well. Mm. Yeah, it, I think it's also a matter of trying out what people engage with and not, because yeah. it's it, with TikTok, which has helped us grow a lot, Sometimes is the content of us playing our songs wrong in re rehearsal that gets mm -hmm. us like more views. You did have a couple that blew up earlier this year as yeah. well. I noticed yeah. because it, in fact it was on my for you page, oh, really? which yes. was ridiculous because I'd I'd seen you a couple of weeks beforehand at the Islington Assembly Hall, and I was just thinking, I, I swear I, I've seen this band before, <laughs> and it was whenever. <laughs> so it, it's such a powerful tool, and I think that it's more important than ever in terms of yeah, testing yeah. the waters and seeing what yeah. content works with an audience. And, and it started with like funny stuff that started taking more more views, well, getting more views. And then we tried to plug in some of the more serious, like we're an actual band, please listen to us. Mm -hmm. And it helps because some people are there for the, for the laughs, some people are there for the music. So we try some stuff, some of the like behind the, the scenes. Mm. It's kind of funny, but some people don't pick up on it. Some people don't pick up on us actually playing the right way. It's only when we're messing around with songs and either we play something wrong or Raph adds something funny and we all just look at each other and go, why? Just, just why? <laughs> that helps. Come on, man. You've got to have a balance as well with that because making your content fresh and keeping it going in terms of trends as well I think is really important but at the same time keeping true to what you're about and keeping true to what you enjoy doing as well I think I've noticed that with your social media as well especially with the stuff you've been doing for War Child as well recently it's been really nice to see all of that content and for it to be for a good cause as well thank you mm. thank you very much um, but a lot of this is just me bigging you up of course <laughs> oh keep um, going we're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> but 
I've got a couple of questions here from people in the Radio Podcast Society, and this one really stuck out in particular. Uh, if you could have any artist, dead or alive, cover one of your songs, who would you want it to be and why? Well, there, there's a song in the new album called uh, Falling From The Sky. And when I wrote the instrumental for the song, I was fully 100% inspired by Muse. And so, like, in terms of arrangement and chord progressions and everything. Um, so I would absolutely love seeing Muse cover that song. Like, but do it as if, you know, I was just giving them an idea, a demo, and they would actually kind of redo it in entirely their way. Okay. Like, and right. seeing them play that would just be amazing. Uh, I mean, I would fucking love that. That would be insane. Even if it's just any artist doing a cover of one of your songs, I feel like it can be really special because it's something that like you've you've took all that time with and you've you've brought it up. Like it's like it's like bringing up a child essentially because <laughs> you bring it up until it's ready to be released into the world. Yeah. But covers can be really important. Uh, have you guys done any covers in gigs before? And uh, do you plan to in terms of your new setlist for next year? Actually, we've never played a cover live. Did no, we? no, no, we actually well. Min got us into the band because playing of the covers. covers. Yeah. Wow, okay. Because we weren't in, in the band when she wrote everything. And then we started playing covers together just for like videos and content. And then she asked us to be in the band, which was great. Nice. nice. So the, the covers were Nothing But Thieves, I Was Just a Kid mm-hmm. and uh, Stockholm Syndrome by Muse. Oh, yeah. So that kind of sums up the, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Basically>. well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and those those are so evident in the sound now. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. That's, that's really good that you guys have, have bonded over those artists as well, because I don't know about you, but my bands have got quite a varied music taste, and it's like we all listen to different things, but we sort of find a middle ground with what we play live. So for you guys to have such similar inspirations is like really re- like refreshing as well. Yeah, it's, it's a fun part where... I think what we channel into the band is the similar ones, oh. but I feel we also clash sometimes with some things. Such <laughs> as, that felt very direct. <laughs> yes. Such as, please extend what you're saying. It's just someone in the band doesn't like my favorite band. I'm not going to say who. Uh, I think that what. the Red Hot Chili Pepper is just <laughs> very <enough>. overrated. <laughs> and I'm actually, very controversial. I'm, yeah, I'm really not a fan. Like, I don't and hate it, literally built but my I just sound. don't like it. Like, all my drum parts, all my my musical inspiration just is just the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then other things. But on the drum side, it, it's fine. It's just like <laughs> guitar-wise, it's absolute nonsense. <laughs> this, is, this is the part where we stop listening to rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we turn him into white noise, and we're fine. <laughs> Didn't say anything. I'm just <laughs> talking facts, like <laughs> shush, shush, no. just so we don't have any more like you know controversial opinions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, we've nearly done. We're going to finish things off soon. Uh, before we do, Minerva, you're a key member of the Media Society here at ICMP. Do you want to give it a little plug and maybe talk about what you guys do? Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've set up the Media Society with my amazing friend Gabe, who's also one of the EDI officers at ICMP. Um, and pretty much we set it up to create a platform for student-led events and projects and all of that type of stuff. So we're going to highlight different student gigs that are going on in the month, different student releases, any sort of projects and events that are ICMP student related. We're also going to have reviews up for gigs that are written by students and and all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's going to be a really fun hub, I feel like, for all of the student 
events and things that are going on at ICMP. This is really exciting because I feel like I'll be seeing a lot more of you and Gabe in the future in terms of how we work with the media society and how the media society works with the radio and podcast society as well. So I feel like we'll be having a few more conversations after this. But guys, Minerva, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to Bloodshot Eyes already, please do. And maybe that could be in your Spotify wraps next year. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you so much. much.